All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now at the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts here at the Sideshow Network. Go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. So you're thinking about starting a new website? Maybe you have a new small business idea and want to tell someone or sell something online. Maybe you want to show off your photography. Or maybe you want to start that new podcast. Ah, huh. <laughs> GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. That's impossible. They're always $99.99 or $12.99. They're $12.99, but right now GoDaddy's offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. On the actual internet, or is this some BS sub-internet? No, no, this is GoDaddy.com. Right. We all use GoDaddy.com. Everything I have is on GoDaddy.com. I know. And each new.com comes with a free instant page website and a built-in photo album, so what are you waiting for? I don't Get believe Get your new it. website started today. I think it sounds like a scam. It can't possibly be GoDaddy's true. GoDaddy's not a scam. They have... Uh, uh, that hot check, Danica Patrick, for mm-hmm. their stuff. So it's not a scam. Plus, I use it for everything. It better not be a scam. <laughs> Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code FORK at the checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website. And you're all set to go. Fork you if you don't take advantage of this incredible GoDaddy deal. I'm going to take advantage of it. Fresh and delicious new episode of A Fork on the Road. I'm travel guru Mark DiCarlo, and next to me is the lovely and talented traveling diva, Yenny Alvarez. Hello, travel guru. What a show we have for you today. We have royalty on the show for you today. We have music on the show for you today. And we also have a little extra help because, you know, Valentine's Day is only, uh, what, 10 days away? So uh, for those of you that haven't booked something special for this totally BS, made-up, fake holiday... Whatever. You have to celebrate friendship, too. Yeah, I know, but I, it pisses me off when someone says you've got to celebrate love on this day. No, you got to celebrate love every day, but in this on this day, it's kind of official. Yeah, official as in, you have you know, the price of roses goes up 300%. No, just... And if you don't take your girl out to the, a, a restaurant, <sighs> you get frozen. I just, you know what? I'm an iconoclast, like Pete Seeger, who we lost this week, sadly. You're uh, just cheap. You don't want to spend the extra money on the roses. That's not it. We always do something on the 13th, right? February 13th? Yes, okay. and? All right, I'm just saying. 
I'm, I'm, a, I'm a contrarian. <laughs> well, we do that because it's very difficult to get a reservation on the 14th, and I really don't want to go out with the masses. What? I don't want. I don't. I, I don't. On a, on a romantic day, I want to just be the two of us. Right. I don't want to go out with and 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 spend time waiting for the table, and it's crowded. And no. All right, just, but that's several weeks away. On this show today, Sir Kenneth Branagh will be talking about Russia and his new movie, uh, Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. On the show today, we're going to be talking to uh, famous musician Dan Navarro, uh, formerly of Lowen and Navarro. Now he's his own single act. He's traveling the country in a kind of a cool new way. Yeah. We're going to talk to him. And a great new travel service called Wanderwee mm-hmm. that uh, helps you find things they don't even know you're looking for. For a budget. Right. That's the key. Traveling on a budget, doing new and exciting things. So it's a pretty good show lined up for you, as always, brought to you by the good folks at uh, GoDaddy. You can go to our website, which is a forkontheroadshow.com, and get codes to save tons of money on GoDaddy. Uh, also, the folks at FairBuzz. Go to our site again, and you can get coupons for great deals and money off when you buy airplane tickets or hotels. And it's also a great place to get a copy of my book, A Fork on the Road, yeah. 400 Cities, One Stomach. All of that at a forkontheroadshow.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Mark DiCarlo. And I'm at Traveling Diva. And if you ever want to call the show, which I hope you do, we've been getting lots of interesting phone calls and emails, uh, you can call us on our voice box, which is 424-250-FORK. 424-250-FORK. Call us with questions if you're looking to plan a trip, if you're looking to uh, tell us uh, anything you want to tell us. That's how you do it on the voice box. <laughs> If you're looking to insult Mark because he doesn't like uh, Valentine's Day. I, I, I don't like Valentine's Day. And I guarantee <laughs> you there are a bunch of people out there, men and women alike, who don't like it either. We should band together and let your opinions be heard. In fact, if you hate Valentine's Day, call us on the voice box and leave a message. And we will play it on the air next week. And we will start a groundswell of an anti-Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm not against love. I'm against the hallmark holidization of everything. Do we really need a great-grandparents' day? Is there one? Yes. Oh. No, we don't. When is it? I don't know. I'm not a great-grandparent. I'm a so-so grandparent. <laughs> I kid you, of course. Uh, and that phone number, again, is 424-250-FORK. So call us and share your complaints about Valentine's Day. But that's next week. This week, we've got Kenneth Branagh. We've got uh, Dan Navarro. And we've got Wander Wee. But first... And he's got some ideas of what we can do this week if you're looking for something fun to do. Well, if you're like us and you don't want to celebrate Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day, but you do want to have a great time, a great romantic time with your significant other, um, I have top three romantic restaurants in L.A. I have top three romantic restaurants in the world and top three sexy hotels. Ooh, is one of the sexy hotels the Ice Hotel? No, that is not sexy at all whatsoever. It is if you're a penguin. Ice is not sexy. Really? Tell that to Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the top three restaurants, romantic restaurants in L.A. Which um, is important because it's freezing everywhere in the country. Atlanta, except here. I know. Atlanta is frozen under snow. There's snow in Texas. So this is a great time to get out of your house and uh, take that trip to Los mm-hmm. Angeles. And if you're here, yep. you got to eat. Well, um, for me, the top three romantic restaurants in L.A., Number three is the Little Door in West Hollywood. That's what we had um, 
dinner with Chechi and Adrian for their wedding reception. It oh, that's fantastic. a great place. It's like you're eating outdoors, indoors. Outdoors, indoors, but there's little lights in the trees. The food is incredible. And you can find a quiet little corner where you're not surrounded by people and the waiters will leave you alone. Right. And that's it's in West Hollywood uh, and it's The Little Door. Please do not confuse it with the back door restaurant in West Hollywood. <laughs> totally, you are just wrong. Totally different experience wrong, wrong, at that wrong. place. Okay. Totally rainbow so, different experience. So. Little door. La Boheme okay. on Sunset Boulevard. It's also a phenomenal place. The food is incredible. The decor is lush, luxurious. You can go there on a very special date. It's a little pricey, but it's absolutely worth it. It's very sexy. All you got to do to qualify, uh, you give your restaurant a French name and you can charge 20% more for everything. And people just go, oh, okay, it's French oh, food. Oh, my Lord. Well, isn't it true? Uh, I, I don't know about that because you don't like French food, so we never go to French restaurants. Anyway, number one for me. Dun, dun, dun. It is Opaque in Santa Monica. Oh, we've talked about this place before. We have. Um, this is. And th- these are all around the country, too, right? It's yes, not just Opaque has different locations, and uh, you can find it on the website, darkdining.com. Opaque in Santa Monica, which is the one that we went to. Um, actually, I took you there for Valentine's Day a few days back. And you didn't know where years we were going. Back. A, few, a few years back. And we didn't, you didn't know where you were going. But again, it, was it wasn't Valentine's Day. It was the day before Valentine's Day. Yes. And um, this is called Dark Dining. It, uh, it's happening all over the world, actually. I think it came from Germany, where you go in, you order ahead of time. You take a look at the menu when you're outside in the lobby. You order ahead of time. And a blind waiter takes you into this pitch dark dining room where you you're guided in and you you sit down and you already you've already ordered so they just bring you um the food and you can't see anything you cannot see your hand in front of your face it really is amazing how dark it is and unlike other dark rooms you've been in your eyes don't adjust as the night goes on because there's not a, zero light at all yeah no light at all whatsoever and they explain to you where the silverware is and where the um, where everything is on the table and what they're bringing and where they're going to put it down. So you kind of know and all your other senses are heightened. So I heard everything. I like I heard this murmur from um, everyone else. I could hear everything you said. I was very in tune with you. And the food, for some reason, when you don't have the, the you don't have sight, everything you taste tastes better because you're paying attention to your food and it was amazing it was simple it was clean and it was delicious it's also hard to get the food into your mouth yeah by the end of the night by the end of the night we were not using utensils at all whatsoever no and and we we had chili it's very (laughs) difficult to eat chili with your hands it was not chili it was chicken i remember the carrots the glazed carrots Mm. oh and the panna cotta we think they were glazed carrots you have no idea what they were (laughs) and the mango panna cotta dessert was delicious yeah the food was great and the experience was very special. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Annie said, there, you can find op- these opaque restaurants all around the country. So if you're not all in Los the world, Angeles. Actually. Yeah, so that's a, that's a great thing. Just don't go on the 14th any other day. Yeah, you probably won't get reservations. But anyway, um, for um, what are your favorite restaurants in L.A.? Romantic. Let's see what your idea of romance is. You know what? I like going to, to like mom and pop family places because you can be romantic Anywhere. I don't think romance is a function of your surroundings necessarily. Well, they help. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're at a sunset on a Indonesian beach, that's more romantic than being in a basement in New York City. But I think you can... Well... <laughs> depending on... Depends that. what you're doing in the basement in New York City. If it's opaque. Um, 
you know, you can uh, you can make romance happen where, wherever you happen to be. I don't really have. Uh, that's kind of your department. I don't. I don't. Uh, I like romance is my department. No, <laughs> romantic places. I like um, fun places, and I like going to mom and pop, like Mazzarino's here in the valley. Mm-hmm. It's just a family-owned Italian restaurant, and you know where you know people. I'm more of a cheers guy. I like to go where everybody knows your name, where I'm comfortable and and uh, nice, and then. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, talk about the top three romantic restaurants in the world. So and, if you um, have a little money and you want to do a little traveling. Or if you're listening to uh, the podcast from these top three locations. Right, we are actually getting some uh, hits from all yeah. over Europe and <laughs> Africa. Italy. So Italy, people are listening to us in Italy. So, uh, buona notte, buona, how do you say? Uh, Buonasera. 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 <laughs> so, I, Michael, you know what? Funny enough. Michael, I, I didn't want this for you. I wanted Senator Corleone, Governor Corleone. Name oh the movie. Lord. Oh, I don't. Name the movie. Oh, my God. One of the Godfathers. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. One of the Godfathers. The first one. I don't care. I don't oh, care. You know, you know what would be romantic to me? I already saw The Godfather with you. But understand the references. Oh know the difference God. between Godfather 1, Godfather 2, and Godfather blah, 3. Blah, 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 blah. They're all Italian. Which monsters. Godfather? Is Joe Montaigne. Okay, listen. Which three. one? Three. Yay, finally. Okay, listen. Um, I went to Prague a while back, and the Golden Well Hotel is it has the rooftop restaurant inside and out where you can see everything in Prague. I highly suggest you go in Sunset. I highly suggest you get um, advanced reservations and see everything and take tons of pictures. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite hotels in the entire world. Um, the rooftop restaurant is fantastic. Um, next up, would be the Eiffel Tower restaurant in Paris. In Vegas? In Paris. Well, the Vegas one is nice, too, but it's not (laughs) the same thing. Is there a restaurant in the Eiffel Tower? Yep. Um, Right, like, at the middle thing. Is it a French restaurant? Ooh, I wonder. Maybe it's an American restaurant. No, it is a French restaurant. No, then I don't want to go. And it's fantastic. Um, And the Supper Club in Amsterdam is unbelievable. You get dinner and a show. Mm -hmm. The shows are fantastic. Nothing like like you would see. Yes, but uh, more edgy. Yeah. More edgy. And then the edgier. soup they have was fantastic. And it's, um, you get to you get to dine laying down on beds and you kind of like see everybody else. They bring up the food because they have two levels. So they bring up the food climbing up the little stairs or climbing up the little pole there. And you see the show and the show comes to you because I remember the people walking around um, everywhere else. And the food was actually quite delicious. And plus, especially in Amsterdam, they have these supper clubs all around the world. There's one here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I know there's one in New York. But in Amsterdam, where uh, hash and pot are legal... I would say 95% of the people in that place were tripping on something. So it kind of adds a weird, weird a weirdness vibe. to the... Because you don't know where they are. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everyone's kind of uh, having a very sensate experience. So that was pretty romantic. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that one, too. Oh, wow. So that's a lot of cool things to do. It is. And uh, if you want to venture out and not stay at your place, there's top three sexy hotels. One of them in Vegas. I would put the Hugh Hefner Sky Villa in Vegas um, right up there. It has a rotating bed. It has an infinity um, pool that looks like you're on top of Vegas flying and you're in the water. And a Viagra dispenser at the bedside (laughs) for sexy 90-year-old men everywhere. Oh, God. With those mirror ceilings, I don't want to think about 90-year-old men. Well, if you're a 90-year-old man, it's a good thing. And you have $40,000 a night, because that's what it costs to rent the Sky Villa. How much? 40 k Wow. Yeah. 
does it come with girlfriends at that point? No, with no playmates? bunnies. No bunnies. I'm sure you. I'm sure you can find one if you're renting yeah, that. Yeah, if girls know that you're dropping forty k a night, they will yeah. find you. You get eighty bunnies. <laughs> the Pocono place in the in the Pocono Mountains. Pocono. 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 The Poconos. Pocono place in the Pocono Mountains. The birthplace um, of uh, American vaudeville. Oh, is and it? early comedy on television. Yeah, all those guys, well, Sid Caesar and Mel Brooks. Well, three three couples only resort in the Poconos. How, how do you say that? Poconos. Poconos. Three couples only resort in the Poconos. You have nothing else to do. Of course, you're going to invent something. It's vaudeville. <laughs> oh, but you know what it's I love the that th- they have? Three couples resort. No, it's called the. Pocono Place. And this is one of the most romantic hotels in the world? It is, because it's a resort that hosts only three couples. So you have the entire place to yourself. And they have a ginormous champagne glass where you can bathe in it. Two people can get in their champagne glass, and it looks fantastic. I would like that. I wonder if they fill it up with champagne. Yeah, but what if you don't like the other two couples that you're stuck with? You don't have to see them. It's It's a, a big resort. What if it's like a loud, hairy guy from New Jersey? Which the odds are quite high that that'll be. <laughs> okay. Well, then you don't have to do that. And if you don't want to be with anyone else except one person driving you, um, the, in Britain, they have something called the Mile High Flights. And this is a hotel that you can rent and you go up on a plane. It has a bed and the only other person is the pilot. It has a little curtain that you can close and you can be part of the Mile High Club. I don't think that should count. Of course it counts. No. You're up there for however long. Doesn't matter. It's a it's a manufactured. You know what? It's like it's like Barry Bonds. Did he hit seventy home runs? Yeah. Was he cheating? Absolutely. I think you put it. If you can't get into the Mile High Club on a regular commercial flight, and you have to pay for it, you <laughs> need an But the Mile asterisk. High Club has nothing to do with the commercial flights. Yes, it you does. Can, no, you can do it on a on a you know jet. Yeah, but yeah, but the point. No, part the point the, is that you're up there and you're no, doing no, no. it. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. But the, the main point of the Mile High Club is being sneaky and clever enough to get it done in the air without other people noticing. Yeah, but there's also a time restraint. Yes, yes, and with it's this more one, difficult. You don't. You, with this one, you don't. That's my point. You're making it easy. It's putting training wheels on it so <laughs> that everybody can do it. I, I say no. I say the, the, the true membership in the Mile High Club has to be on... A, pl- a regular plane that you buy a ticket on, yeah. and, and I well, think you get you buy ex- a ticket there too. Well, I think you get extra credit too if it's with someone that you don't know. Oh, that's like no. our friend uh, Jimmy, whose last name we will not use. Why don't we just change the name? All right, Kevin, our friend Kevin. He, 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 I still don't even think he's in the Mile High Club, but we won't go into that. He met a girl on the plane, and then they ended up in the bathroom. That's that is the classic uh, trajectory. Of Mile High Club. And how many seconds was it? It it was a very short time between the time he met her and the time they were in the bathroom together. That record will never be broken. But you got to get the ball over the goal line. Yeah, well. what I'm saying. This one, they have um, the the regular flights until you're done, I guess. Um, Will you ring a bell? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Or you open the little curtain. Um, The big one goes for 640 uh, pounds. Mm -hmm. The VIP goes for 930 and what I thought was hilarious, it says, um, I went on their website and it says, spice things up with an additional passenger, only 125 pounds more. So you could have a third person? Yes. That's a bargain. Or 125. Yeah. That is a bargain. Wow. Or Longer it- flights are available upon request. And um, the longest flight so far that they've had was 90 minutes filled with passion. <laughs> 
90 minutes. Who was that? Not Hugh Hefner. No, no. Well, that's, I mean, that's great. That's great. If you're already in the Mile High Club and you're just looking to boost your numbers, that's fantastic. Yeah. But I don't think uh, I don't think it qualifies as a as your entrance into the club. I do. Uh, well, all right. Well, my birthday's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So those are some fun things to do, uh, romantic and otherwise, around the world here in uh, and here in America, to uh, get ready for Valentine's Day, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. How do you think Sir Kenneth Branagh celebrates Valentine's? Any way he wants to. <laughs> what a delightful guy. Spoke with him earlier regarding his new movie. It's called uh, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. And he's a knight. He's been he's a knight of the realm. He was knighted so by the queen. That is so exciting. The, uh, yes, it is. And he could not have been uh, nicer and more normal, like a, like a peasant. And I was reading his bio before I went into the room to interview him. And it didn't say that he was a knight until the third paragraph of his bio. It was all this other stuff. And then at the bottom of the third paragraph, it also said, oh, yeah, he was knighted by the queen for his contributions That would have been my log line. Exactly. That would be above my name. (laughs) Well, I think the sir part gives it away. Yeah, but he didn't even want to be called sir. He was super nice and super normal and super available. So here he is, Sir Kenneth Branagh. Sir Kenneth? Well, Ken, as you yes, you're very welcome to call me. <laughs> in your bio, the, the, your knighting was the third in the third paragraph at the end. That's not how I would do it. If I, I, that would be the, the, the headline. Bad feeling. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about your storytelling? Is it that allows the same guy to do Macbeth that can do this thriller movie? Totally different films. They both work. Brilliantly, I think. Well, you know, it's interesting actually with uh, the 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 background in uh, in Shakespeare and the theatre. Actually, I, I think you get an enormous amount of help in terms of storytelling. Um, it's interesting. You know, the play Hamlet starts with the line "Who's there?" and Jack Ryan's first line in this movie is "What's going on?" I love that. I love it. It's simple as that. What's going Where on? Where are we? What's yeah, happening? what's going on? What's going on? And uh, you know, it reveals a tragic moment in the life of our character. But I um, I think what you what you what you what you are consistent with, or you try to be consistent with, is just trying to find the style and the pace for each individual story. And with this Jack Ryan movie, and particularly with Chris Pine's great ability to convey both vulnerability, strong intelligence, quick thinking, so you can see him working it out. Uh, but and humanity. He's yeah. not James Bond, where no. bullets are going to bounce off, and, no. and, and it's a very real film. I, I think so, and thank you for that, because I think one of the key moments is, is, is in the movie is where alone on a rooftop after a terrible thing has just happened, uh, Chris, while still remaining, as it were, brave, he's raw, he's vulnerable, but he's been involved in violence that he takes very seriously, and the film takes it seriously. So it's not just, hey, bang, shoot him up, he falls right. over, etc., you feel that, and frankly, I get anxious watching the movie. I get anxious because I feel like, God, I'm alone in Moscow with him, and every, I don't know who to trust, and I don't know who the baddies are, and there's a guy in a taxi following me, and there's somebody around there, and I think something bad is really about to happen, and I need help, and, and what do we do? And what do we do is Kevin Costner rides into town, is, 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 <laughs> this is what we do, uh, uh, and eventually Kira Knightley, but... but uh, I just, when I read this script, I, I loved its fast pace and I loved the fact that it could attract really, really good actors who would make that marriage between um, strong plot and characters we care about who make our audience go into the movie with them. What I think a lot of times sinks an action movie mm-hmm. is it's all about the, the noise and the crashing of the yeah. gun. I, the first 20 minutes, there's a great action scene at the beginning and then it's just character and you're yeah. building and you're just winding the yeah. tension and then things. Yeah. explode. You really get to feel 
Jack's character. I also think it's interesting that he's got a life outside of being a super spy. Yeah. I think it humanizes him. And I think that that's important, and I think you're right, that, that if you actually if you analyze the percentages of it, although it's an action thriller, and we try and deliver on everything that that would be, I, I, I agree with you that actually audiences want, prefer, and need the time taken to just say, you know, for a while here, it's just going to be two guys sitting down talking to each other, and you know what? And that's going to be riveting. You're waiting. Yeah. You're waiting for something <laughs> yeah. to happen, and then when it does happen, yeah. it's not happening to a two-dimensional cardboard yeah. spy. Yeah. It's happening to a guy that you yeah. know and yeah. really care about. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and I, I was I was excited to be able to work in that in that combination because it's the kind of movie I want to go and see. Well, you really did a fantastic job. Congratulations. Thanks a lot, and, Thank uh, you. I really appreciate it. Replace the thing. Replace the thing. <laughs> Talk about an English accent. This makes people sound intelligent and delightful. Yes. Yeah. And sexy. Very much so. It was all I could do to keep my hands off him and throwing him into the plane for our Mile High Club. Uh, it's a really exciting movie. I, I really enjoyed the movie, and um, he's a very talented man. He can direct Shakespeare, he can act, and then he does these kind well, of... Well, he already has the accent. Right. Yeah, he's born with it. He doesn't have to fake it. But uh, really interesting movie, and uh, he spent a lot of time in Russia while they were making the movie and uh, said that they were always being watched. Ooh. The movie is about the tensions between the U.S. and Russia. and But while they were shooting, they could never go anywhere without an attache or an assistant. And uh, they were, you know, given free reign, but they were kind of in a little cage. But really interesting, yeah. interesting movie. It's communism for you. <laughs> uh, another guy that travels all the time is musician Dan Navarro. Uh, we've known him for a couple of years. You uh, might recall him first bursting onto the music scene with the duo called Lowen and Navarro. And, and he wrote We Belong for Pat Benatar. Mm-hmm. Great writer. Now he's a solo performer, uh, singer, songwriter, guitar player, travels the country and the world doing concerts, and he's kind of started a really cool new thing. He goes out and he does big concerts at venues and things, but he's doing house concerts as well, where you just go up and you, you play in somebody's house. I think that's phenomenal. I thought it was too. So we I'll just... go see him anywhere, first yeah. of all, because yeah. he is just an incredible performer. Mm -hmm. And I love when he sings We Belong in Spanish. Right. Because um, nobody else does that. Mm -hmm. And um, to be able to see him in such an intimate setting, I mean, you really get to see a lot more. You do. And we also found out he's a huge travel expert. So he's perfect for our Yay! show. Let's talk to him. Dan Navarro, welcome to A Fork on the Road. Dan, so good, good to see you guys. How are you? I know you're in the middle of a tour. Where are we catching you right now? Oh, my gosh. You're catching me in the middle of, um, well, basically, it's the never-ending tour. I am home for a week, out for a week, home for a week, out for a week, because I'm, I'm a single parent. Um, so I just got back from five dates in the mid-Atlantic around Washington, D.C., uh, I leave Monday for five dates in the Midwest between Minneapolis, um, rural Wisconsin, and then three so shows in Chicago. I come home, then I go to Kansas City for a week, then I come home, then I go to the Northeast for a week, and lather, rinse, repeat, probably, to, I'm booked through August, and I'm out pretty constantly. Wow. See, this is why we like talking to musicians. Nobody travels more than musicians. I mean, we've had people from Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and Cowboy Mouth and a lot of other musicians on the show. <clears throat> and you guys know what to do. You know how to travel. You know where to eat when you're traveling. Oh, yeah, and that's that's the important part for me, <laughs> the food. I tell you, there's, you know, I've got it down to a science, and the weird part is, um, although I've been on two independent labels, one major label, and I've had my own label since 2002, I have always booked all of our travel. Um, 
It's just something I got good at, something I really enjoy. And all I've actually back to the Loan and Navarro days. All the way back to the Loan and Navarro days. And, and actually, the funny part: the Loan and Navarro days. We went out on our first tour, left at two o'clock in the morning to go to Denver, and I realized the next morning I hadn't booked hotels. So we pulled coupons out of the back of the Rand McNally and stayed at a lovely, lovely chain known as Days Inn. Oh. Been there. Yep. Oh my God. Well, there's a couple of things I've been doing in the last few years. It was actually about 12 years ago I got turned on to Hotwire, and I've gotten really good at it. I can get four-star hotels for 70 bucks, 60 bucks. I actually had a bet with a. Um, I went out with three other songwriters on a Christmas tour the last three uh, Christmases, um, and this one of the people was saying, "Well, you know, I don't care where I stay. I need to save money. I'll stay in a Super 8." And I said, yeah, but you'll pay 75 for the Super 8. I'll get us the Hyatt Regency on Wacker Street in Chicago for 65. Wacker and I did. but it's pretty impressive. It's a pretty amazing place. I've gotten to the point where I can predict from the amenities, and then I look at a Google Maps to see what's got what in the neighborhood. I can kind of get to about 75% of the time predicting the hotel. They don't tell you till you after you book. But I've discovered anything below a three-star might be livable, but I won't do it because basically it's going to be a little risky. Three star and up, I'm pretty good. Um, and I actually have learned that some of the four and a half stars aren't as comfortable because they're formal. They're a little stiffer. They won't allow you to do certain things. So I usually book between a three and a four star and I haven't really maybe five times in 12 years. And I'm booking just for myself close to 100 room nights a year. Well, so there you go, folks. If you're having trouble booking a vacation, call Dan Navarro. We'll give uh, his cell phone out at the end of the interview, and he can help get you to the right hotel. Um, I'm finding myself staying in a lot of sort of. Uh, I like double trees a lot. They're considered. The pardon me. Yeah, they're considered it's like three star pluses, but they're really comfortable. And they give and you free chocolate chip cookies when you check in. Free chocolate chip cookies. The other factor is, if you can, if you have the presence of mind to be able to figure it out, reflagged properties might be good. But there's places that are, that are brand new construction. I'm a big fan of Hilton Garden Inns. I'm a big fan of Hyatt Place. They're modest, but they're very clean, very together, and they're all brand new. Um, you start getting into some of the other places that have reflagged a few times, and some of their older issues go with them. So, um, I've, you know, I've had a pretty good time of doing this. And by older issues, you mean the smells? So but, I think I'm hearing maybe that there's a song cycle album in the making here just <laughs> Just tr can, can you set some of these travel tips to I'm going to Days in Doubletree, West in, you know, man, just <laughs> that sort of thing. I don't do Days Inns anymore at all. We uh, didn't ruin the bathroom, but the <laughs> toilet's working and the faucet's spurting. I'm telling you the mattress is lumpy. And oh, that's, mattresses. That's a big one for me. That's a, that's a deal breaker for me. If I get a foam mattress, I can't sleep all night. Yep. So a hotel that has foam mattress is a no, that's not negotiable. No, it's really true. And the, the, you know, the notion that boys don't care about that stuff, we care about that stuff. Soft sheets, please. You know, high thread count, preferably a pillow top. It can be a firm mattress, but with the pillow top, there's some cush to it. If it's a soft mattress, it's going to hurt your back. And that really, really matters. Um, now, what I don't do is I don't go through the room with the black light. That's just more oh, information. you don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see that. But I don't like flowery bedspreads because they cover up many ills. Um, the if, new we could, if we could take this interview and go back in time and play it to 20-year-old Dan Navarro, emerging <laughs> musician, what would... What would 20-year-old Dan Navarro say about these topics for <laughs> talking about a tour? I'd be sitting there going, when did you get to be such a sissy? <laughs>
but it's definitely been something that we learned the hard way. We actually, we learned do not do not stay in anything with econo or budget in its name, because it will be that. It, it will, and you will feel it. Right. Um, the thing that I managed to convince my friend on that tour of is that a comfortable room gives you the ability to work harder. It's not about luxury; it's about rest, and that's what gives you the ability to push harder, promote more, travel farther, and play longer. Right, especially if you're, you know, if you're going to be on the on the road 150, 200 nights a year, that's like a second home, and you have to you have to be comfortable. I mean, BB King has an entire bus that is outfitted specifically for him. Now he's practically 90 years old, and he's earned every every nickel of his money. But I think you don't need to make it brutal and like you're living in barracks and now with these modern uh, apps and, and the internet you don't have to you can get a great room for under 100 bucks in virtually every city in america true or false absolutely true absolutely true i remember when you could get them for under 50 but that did change and i've been you know i've been on the road for 23 straight years the reason why bb king can tour at 80 years old is because he travels comfortably right that, again it just translates to longevity and the ability to work more and harder so, so what are you working on now? I, I, you, you're packed. Your tour is great. Um, we did a couple shows uh, with with you um, a couple of years ago here in Los Angeles, and you're just a fantastic performer. Your material, how would you? Is it folk rock? Is it pop? How would you describe it's kind of, it? It's kind of folk pop. It's sort of traditional singer songwriter music. There are songs about meaningful subjects that are melodic and tuneful. Um, I don't really try to follow trends. I've always done what I've done, and I've watched the wheel come around to me every six or seven years. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, there, I do get a little bit of energy going toward the end of the set, but I'm not afraid of soft and sweet songs. Um, right now, I am working on my first solo record under my own name. I spent over 20 years as part of Lowen and Navarro, and uh, Lowen got, uh, got a fatal disease 10 years ago. Uh, they gave him a year to live, and he lived for nine. But we toured for five of those years, and since 06, I've been on my own um, out there just touring everywhere. Uh, right now, I'm working on my first true solo record under my own name. Um, I've had a couple of live records that have, that have fitted. And I'm trying to basically just go back to areas that I had to leave alone when we uh, couldn't. It, it was harder for us to travel when he was sick. He got Lou Gehrig's disease. It's not a, it's not a sad sort subject because we all faced it, and, and we lost him two years ago. But um, again, he got nine years out of a two-year disease. Well, we actually learned something about handicapped rooms. There is no standard, ADA notwithstanding, there is no standard. A handicapped room can either just be a room with extra grab handles, or it can have uh, you know wheelchair equipped with lower peep holes and uh, sinks that you can get under and higher toilets, uh, you know beds you can get into. There is no standard. Um, the best ones have roll-in showers where you can literally take a walker or a wheelchair right into the into the shower. Um, we learned something about that, but we weren't able to travel as well when he was sick. So we parked ourselves in a city, did five or six or seven shows, and then went home. I'm going everywhere. I'm barnstorming. I'm, you know, That's playing. A great word for it, because I, I notice you're playing, uh, what, you're playing clubs, and you're also doing these house shows. What what what, uh, what venues did you play when you you were in Chicago? Well, in Chicago, I will. I'm, I'm coming up to Chicago on February 7th. I'm playing at Shuba's, which is a great tavern, a music tavern on Southport and Belmont. Um, in Wrigleyville. Um, I've been doing Martyrs um, kind of up at uh, Clark near Damon. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did Park West on and off over the years, which is really the best venue in town. You know, holds about 800. I saw Steve um, Goodman there once, one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. 
I would say it's a great venue. Steve Goodman is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. He's well. He's he's no longer with us, but he's still awesome. True. Um, well, so that's where I'll play in Chicago. Um, when I play uh, next Wednesday, I'm going to be at the Crooked Pint in Minneapolis, and that's really a bar restaurant, but they have a sunken area with some tables and and a full stage. Um, playing at a place called Middleton's Tavern on Main Street in Wakanda, Illinois, and that's going to be the first time there. It's but I'm also doing. Um, this last tour was five house concerts. These are living rooms. I mean, we're not talking about parties. We're not talking about places where people are talking during the music. It's a ticketed event in a living room. In uh, a private house, like somebody's house. In a private home, absolutely. You know, I read about this a, a while Ups. back where they had um, like this very exclusive house concerts that you would go in, you didn't know who it was, it was a surprise, and all of a sudden there's you, wow, Dan Navarro's playing for us. So I'm right. really excited that uh, I know somebody that actually does that. Well, how does I that do, work? I do about 40 of those a year. Um, they are basically the, the host will send out to their own mailing list. If they do them habitually, usually they'll do them maybe every four to seven weeks or something, the audience comes to trust their taste. It's a great way to break into a new, new audience because the... Um, People will say, well, I've never heard of Dan Navarro, but I know you, I know your taste. Let's find something new. They bring potluck. They pay 20 bucks to get in. All the money goes to the artist. If you play in a venue and draw 50 people on a $20 ticket, you'll make $300 and you won't be asked back. If you bring 50, if you do 50 people in a living room, you make $1,000. You sell a couple, three, $400 worth of CDs and you walk out with money in your pocket, the audience is thrilled because they were a foot away from you. There's right. no barrier. There's no, you know, it, um, we all, all three of us are actors as well. And we've spent years creating the mystique of the stage and the screen and the lighting and the makeup and the costumes. House concerts are about destroying the fourth wall and people are right there on top of you practically. Sometimes there's a sound system. The last one I did on uh, Sunday night, no sound system. I had 70 people on a $25 ticket. I walked out with serious money, um, was able to pay a musician and, and do the things I needed to do. And with um, your music especially, I think it's well suited for that kind of intimate environment. You're a, a really great acoustic guitar player. Your songs are clever and melodic. And, and they're catchy and you'll remember the songs after you come out singing. But, and you're, it's, but you're right. It's, it's what a great um, experience for the fan. If, whether someone doesn't know you or my God, oh my God, I can't be, he's playing at Bob's house. It's I know, really that's true. incredible. I'm, you know, I'll get people at every show saying stuff like, well, I used to see in the old days at this 500 seat club, it's amazing to see you like this. And every show I'll get two to 15 people saying, I've never heard of you. I came with my friend. Oh my God. It's a way of building an audience. Now I will say that there is the only downside, if there is one, is that you can't get publicity. You won't get radio. So what I try to do in a particular market is I'll do a string of house concerts and then six months later, I'll do the clubs. Then I'll go back to the house concerts and try to, to sort of grow the audience. If, if you do exclusively house concerts, you can make a lot of money, but it's a lot like a car with no alternator. You can't really build anything for the future too much. And certainly the press will never write you up. So if you're smart, you balance it. Uh, if you, you can't use that to kind of seed your bigger shows, right? Exactly. And so and that's actually been working in certain towns. Every time I play Chicago, I'll usually do one ticketed show at a venue for a couple of hundred people. And then I'll do a house concert. Um, and it's been working out really well. I, I paid my way through college doing 
that, doing playing guitar, telling jokes, singing funny songs, many of which stolen from Steve Goodman. And, yeah. you know, there's some nights that it's great, and my most difficult nights were when you're standing there and there's four people in the audience. And as much as I hate to admit it, it's hard on your ego. It's hard to perform. You know, you want to be Bruce Springsteen or Mick Jagger. And, and to put out a show for a small group of people was... It, it would depress me sometimes. Is it? Is it? Is there an element of that to these house shows, or does the intimacy and that excitement? It, it's a different thing, I would imagine, than playing at the Hollywood Bowl. The, the, the house shows are seldom underattended, but I had an experience about two years ago in Carbondale, Colorado. Played a little venue called Steve's Guitars, and they set it up for music. They've got a corner stage, holds about fifty people. I had three people. And you get up there, and I had a guitar player with me I was paying 100 bucks to, uh, and I bought a couple of hotel rooms, um, and and I made $21. Well, you don't ever, you basically, I was asked a question by a comic friend of mine who says, you've had experience, what do you do when you have five people in the audience? I say, you don't play for five people. He goes, oh, I know, you get nice. I said, no, 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 you're not understanding me. You play for a 1,000, even if there's five people. You just playing, I mean, you're actors. You turn it on and you do it. Every actor has had an experience where they have to act good when they feel bad or kiss a person they don't like or pretend to be someone they're not. You get up and you just plain give them the thousand person show right in front of three people. At the end of that show, the one of the, the one, one woman left. There was a couple there sitting in the front row. The guy says, I play bass in a blues band. You just taught me something. You give 110%. I said, yes, you do. Thank you. And he said, but you know, you didn't play. My, my favorite song of yours, Legacy. I went, well, hell, I'll do it right now. Sat on the stage and played it for him. Wow. And when they walked out, they bought seven CDs. I sold seven. I sold a total of eight CDs to three people. I won. That's what you do. You just. Well, and those people are out in America telling, telling their friends about yeah. their personal concert. Exactly. And, well, I, and that it, I think you're right. It's, it's the, that's where the artist comes in. And I think it's perhaps easier as a musician, because you can dip into this bag of really exceptional material and know that the song always kicks ass, whether it's a thousand people or two people, you got that, you have that arrow in your quiver, you can pull it out and play it. And, um, you know, it's good for you for not. <laughs> well, you never do it by the numbers either. I'll, I had an experience on Saturday, I, um, a house concert I played decided they wanted to do two shows. We did a 3.30 and an 8 o'clock. The 8 o'clock show was sold out at 40 people. The 3.30 show had 12. Rather than cave in or, in essence, give the 1,000-person show, what I decided to do was say, hey, guys, we have a little intimate gathering here. I started telling stories of the songs. I started talking to them, saying, you know, so what do you think? I took a couple of requests, and a couple of them came up to me who had seen other shows and said, you did something I didn't expect you to do. It was different. It was sweet. You simply find a way to, to tap into the energy of the evening. Unless the energy is down, then you dig deep and you produce. But if there's an energy you can draw on of, of either intimacy or personability, you let that dictate how you do it. And I, really, I sat there and said, well, let's, let me tell you about this song and let me tell you about that song. And they sat there with their eyes bugging out, realizing that they were getting something they might not get any other way. That's the main thing you do as a performer. You don't just execute. Although you could you could play a record if you just want it to be exactly the same every right. time. Exactly. Well, we lost Pete Seeger, 
uh, earlier this week. We did. Um, uh, maybe the uh, the preeminent troubadour of the 20th century in the English language. Would you say? I mean, he certainly Absolutely. started the ball. He and Woody started the ball rolling. He and Woody started it all. We, you know, no matter who I have emulated in my life, it all goes back to Woody and Pete. And Pete walked it like he talked it. Um, was not afraid to say he was out of line. I remember that uh, I was reading the obituaries and. He was a communist for a while and a staunch supporter of Joseph Stalin. And then he realized that that was a mistake and he apologized. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, the U.S. needs to apologize for taking the Indian lands. Western Europe needs to apologize for all of its colonialism. Bingo, bingo, bingo. There's always something that he had the presence of mind to not only speak the truth as he knew it, but to admit that he was wrong previously makes him an, made him and makes him an incredibly admirable role model for anyone who's going out there and opening themselves up. He was a hero of mine. I never got to meet him. Most of my friends in the community did or worked with him, uh, but he was always, always an inspiration. So yeah. what, where do your uh, songs come from? What makes you do what you do? Why uh, there are easier, less expressive ways to make a living? Why? Why? What do you do? Uh, I grew up in a context of feeling misunderstood. Um, I was uh, raised on the border. Uh, my grandparents were all born in Mexico. But when I was little, I didn't really speak Spanish very well. And my and I grew up on the border. So my friends were kind of going, well, you know, ese pocho pendejo, who's, you know, this this stupid Anglo, Latino Anglo, tata salada. Um, it used to bother me that they felt that way. Um, I was younger than my classmates because I had skipped a grade. I was smaller than they were. So it was really a matter of the, the classic misfit wanting to prove himself. Um, but because I could relate to those stories, I definitely focused on poignancy in music and telling the stories of people who are challenged and rise or who uh, have been hurt and want to recover. Uh, this is really where I decided I wanted to go with my music. There were periods when it was against the grain, but I stuck to my guns and um, I've been very, very fortunate. People come up to me and, and I make jokes, too, about how sad the songs can be. Um, because if you if you have sad and introspective stage patter and introspective songs, no one's going to want to stick around. So I'll, I will... Wait a minute. <laughs> Mr. Depresso. I will do... Well, see, I would, I would be inclined to say that about myself on stage. Hi, I'm Mr. Depresso. I'm going to tear your guts out for the next hour and a half. I don't or, think so. Look, There's I, one, one song that's my... Probably my favorite song of yours, um, and it's probably the sexiest song I have ever heard. It's called "Baby." It's called "Outside." I don't think that's depressing at all that's whatsoever. I hear that song and it's like, "Hello, well, <laughs> hello, I, nurse." I, I would be a liar if I said I didn't write it to try to show people that I am not a depressive person. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, more than one person has come up to me and said, well, my God, aren't you writing about something fun? It has brought me many friends in my life. It's a love. <laughs> and, um, Which is the ultimate reason everyone gets into show business in the first place. Absolutely. Special show business friend. Yes, indeed, for your special show business friend. Um, I have another one that's actually somewhat similar called Bulletproof Heart. Um, essentially, the story of uh, someone trying to uh, pick the lock on someone's heart. And uh, I've had people come up to me going, Oh my gosh! So it's a nice feeling. They're not—they're not all downers. <laughs> not at but, all. But I—but I will say when I play bulletproof, I, when I play uh, uh, cold outside, afterwards I say, just want to let you know that's about as upbeat as the evening is going to get. It's going to be downhill from here. They, <laughs> 
they laugh because I have the, the audacity to make fun of my of myself. So what's the new record? What are you writing? New record is called Shed My Skin, um, was inspired by a, uh, a friend of mine who's an actor that, um, Yeni, you may know him, Enrique Castillo, um, Kiki, um, who was on Weeds and has done a lot of movies. He was part of the Teatro Campesino in Berkeley with, um, with Luis Valdez. I went to high school with him, and he, I became reacquainted with him about three years ago, came to a show, and said he's been working on a movie of, of his own script, and he wanted a song for it, a scene where... A bunch of guys uh, from the hood go to West L.A. and they witness one of their own basically selling out to try to sell a movie. He has changed his name from Sanchez to Sanders and is trying to pass. Um, as, he, as, as these friends witness this, they get disgusted. It leads to a climax and they all leave Beverly Hills and drive in silence back to Whittier through the Whittier Arch. And they basically confront the different ways in which each of them is bought into a program or sold out of themselves. So it's called Shed My Skin, which is meant to be, um, it's, it's meant to mean renewal, like a snake or a lizard will shed its skin, but it's also a denial of heritage. And both things come very clean in the song. That was the crowning moment for me, and I knew what the record had to be about. So the entire record is, is our stories of renewal and redemption. It's a song called New Year's Day, Bulletproof Heart is in there. Um, song called Let Her Ride, about somebody who's letting someone go who has been bad for him, and yet he keeps insisting, I don't feel it, I don't feel it, but he's still complaining about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the protagonists are usually their own worst enemy, but there's always a ray of light at the end of the tunnel. And um, I'm about three-fourths done. I have, a, I have one more song to, to record and about six more songs to put little tiny finishing touches on. And with any luck, it'll be done by the end of March and not by summertime. And you're, nice. this is a full band recording, or is this just you and guitar? Full band recording, but it's funny that you should say that. This is where we get creative. I needed something to sell at the festivals in the summertime, so I put out seven of the songs from the record, stripped all the tracks except for guitar and voice. Uh, so I call it Skinless, the Shed My Skin demos. And it's very, very pulled back. Yes, I know, it's one of the more inappropriate titles I've ever named a record. Um, <laughs> So I put that out, and I've sold I've sold a few of those, and it'll probably disappear when the new record comes out, and then reemerge re about six months later. Um, but uh, it's it'll be out in the summertime. Uh, it, but it's fully arranged. I have some great players on it. Uh, producer guitar player named Steve Postel. Um, gosh, Mark Cohn's bass player John Osman, uh, Shakira's uh, drummer Brendan Buckley. Nice. Uh, who else is on it? Um, Trying to get Leland Sklar, the wonderful bass player, on it right now. There doesn't even look like there's room. Uh, He's but it's turning out everybody. He played with every. He wants to be on the record, so I'm actually going to double cut four songs and have them in my back pocket for movies or other uses. Um, it's coming along brilliantly because it's telling the stories I want to tell. Um, there's a song called "Straight to the Heart of Me" uh, that I wrote, basically inspired by somebody that I was interested in who was interested for a while and then vaporized. And I basically said, oh, you know, I'm going to move on, but I'm going to leave that door open. Um, and, uh, you know, the real experiences, not everything is uh, literal or from my life, but they're all experiences I can relate to. And I've been fortunate to be told that they're experiences that my audience relates to. Well, you're, you're a, first of all, you're a great guy, but I think you're a really great artist. And uh, I've always enjoyed your music. And, and when I got to meet you through Yenny and, and we got to play together a couple times. That was really uh, a treat for us, and and I'm sure anyone that comes to see you, uh, 
you, you're going to love him. He's he's um, upbeat. He <laughs> is. I mean, another one of my uh, favorite Dan Navarro songs is We Belong. And he does part of it in Spanish, which is like when I hear that, I'm like, oh, hello. And the devil Spanish. song. I love the devil song. Devil's in the details. That's absolutely. Yeah, devil's in the details. That's a really that's good that's, that one was another sexy one, but uh, yeah. yeah. No, you're, a, you're a sexy man. man. Don't undersell it, Dan. You are <laughs> a sexy, <laughs> sexy bastard. I so, am. Uh, anyone that wants to find out where you're going and where you're headed, they're going to go to dannavarro.com. Absolutely, dannavarro.com. I'm also up on Facebook, um, and it's all up there. Uh, the whole schedule's up there. I put it up all at once. I actually have my own Dan Navarro app now. Ooh, <laughs> in the modern. Download that. Well, I will investigate that if all of our listeners will investigate dannavarro.com. See him when he comes to your town, or if he's not coming to your town, book him in your house. Heck, get me on, get me on Facebook. I might just sing you a song right there. You never know. <laughs> Sexy. That's Dan Navarro. You go to dannavarro.com. You can find out where he's going to be coming to a city or maybe even in your own house. Um, I'd book him. Our last guest on the show this weekend is uh, the proprietor and owner of a really great new internet service, I guess yeah, you'd call it. Yeah, it's called Wonderwee, and it's a place where you can go and put in a budget, put in your your um, ideas and w your location, and they come up with an itinerary. They give you ideas on things to do. So let's check them out. Wonderwee. Allison McGuire from Wonderwee. Welcome to A Fork on the Road. Hi, Allison. Hey, thank you so much for having me today. So what exactly is WanderWe? WanderWe is a website, travel website, that focuses on two to four day short getaways that are within 500 miles of your home. Oh, like a three day weekend. Exactly. I have a whole chapter in my book. I call it TW, TDW, Great Three Day Weekends for like boys, for romance, for getaways, for whatever. Um, people don't use that enough, I don't think. Well, I think if they knew if there's something, for example, by next weekend, I need something right away, getting a, a trip somewhere, getting online and finding the, the right airline and all that can take time and it can be really expensive. So do you have like a budget set on that where people can say, OK, I have this amount of money. What where can we go from well, that? Especially when next weekend is Valentine's Day. Yeah. So uh, we it's wanted to have you on the show because I'm sure there are a lot of guys and maybe some women, too, running around going, oh. God, I have nothing planned, and my <laughs> wife is going to leave me if I don't do something big and spectacular. Well, travel is a fantastic gift. I think anybody would love that. Well, let's exactly. find out. How does it work? Yeah, so one of the unique things about WanderWe is that you can actually search by budget and by interest before picking your destination. So we can help you discover places to go that you might not ever have thought of previously. So if you want to spend you know, maybe up to $1,000 and your interest is you want a romantic luxury getaway, then we will create an itinerary for you that matches those interests. And we'll even calculate in your gas. So it really is a true um, budget within what your um, confinements are. And so it's, is, it, it's is it like a computer program that you use or do you have people like sitting behind desks going, oh, they, I, we should send them to Napa or we should <laughs> do whatever? Yes. Yeah, so we have um, locals within the areas that help us create these um, itineraries or getaways. We have um, people on the East Coast. We're in the Northeast and in the Washington, D.C. area. And we're also throughout California right now. Oh, so you have locals giving recommendations. We absolutely do. I love that. 
Yes, and we'll even provide you with um, the Yelp reviews for maybe a restaurant or an activity, and we'll give you the TripAdvisor reviews on the hotel. So you really get all of the information in one place. And the great thing about WanderWe is that you can book your hotel and your activity all at one time. So you can truly create an experience and a getaway all on one site, and you can check out with one credit card and you're finished. It sounds very labor intensive on your side. Yeah, is there a fee for joining uh, WonderWe? No, absolutely not. We, we're all travel lovers and we wanna share you know, all of our great ideas with everyone. And you know, it's an evolving process and we continue to add and find new places. And um, it's just, it's a really exciting, fun site to be on. Well, how do you guys make money then? You gotta eat, Allison. You have, I, to, you have to make a good living. Yes. Yeah, so when you book your hotel and you book your activity, then, um, you know, that's how we make money. Oh, like a like a travel agent. You commission exactly, whatever you're selling. Service. All right. Mm -hmm. so, but this is all you're more of like a concierge than a travel agent. Well, that's the great thing about WanderWe. It's kind of a combination of the two. We help you discover and find what you want to do, but then you can also book it. It's a one top one stop shop kind of all in one booking experience. And for now for Valentine's Day, um, what are your top destinations? What are your top recommendations for couples? In California. Oh, yeah, in California. Like sure. off the beaten path. I don't want to see touristy stuff that I've already well, seen. Well, I think you need to give her more information, right? Let's, you know, we want to go on a three-day weekend over Valentine's Day. I love hockey. Yenny doesn't. I like spas and food, great food. <laughs> and we like um, red wine and goofy, weird people. Go. And off the beaten path, nothing that everybody go. has heard about. 15 seconds, go. Okay, well, we think there are a lot of different types of travelers out there. And as you mentioned, you know, there's people that want maybe a traditional getaway or like you that want to break the mold and try something completely unique. So Napa might be a destination that you think of as more traditional and very romantic, obviously. But when you add in some of the experiences we offer on the site, like a hot air balloon ride or maybe like a cycling through the wineries kind of experience, then that completely changes it oh, into wait, wait. something. S cycling through the wineries, that means yes, drinking and pedaling? Yes. That does not sound like a safe combination. <laughs> Depends on how much you drink, I guess, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's those little extras that we can add on to it. We also have, you know, off the beaten path destinations like Central Coast, Monterey Bay, Yosemite even, if you want more of an outdoor nature getaway. So we have a lot of options and really, you know, depending on what you want to do, you can look at all of them at the same time and, and figure it out. So now it's a billion degrees below zero in the Northeast and in the Midwest and the East Coast. What can people do? Let's say you're in Chicago or in your, you're in New York and you want to get away next weekend. Is there anything to do when it's this freaking cold? <laughs> there are always things to do. You can't you... even ski. It's too cold to ski. <laughs> People are going outside and, and, and walking their dogs and getting frostbite. Right. Yes. I mean, dogs? I would recommend taking a lovely uh, level off. ride maybe to your restaurant <laughs> and not getting outside. <laughs> but yes, it is challenging uh, maybe right now on the East Coast to to travel very far. But that's the thing. You can pick places within your current destination. You know, maybe I'm in L.A. and maybe I just want to look for great places to go and things to do and restaurants to experience that are new for me in Ooh. L.A. or New York. Say, like if a you're staycation. Yes, exactly. So you could do it both ways. What about what is the weirdest and most unique thing that you have on the site? 
that you've been requested to find? Or that they offer? Wow, that's a good question. Hmm. You know, we have a lot of interesting tours that are available in cities like New York City, New York City that are um, tours of like haunted places. The uh, you know everyone could walk th walk through the city and see all of the haunted places or well, or very, yeah, very unusual things. Um, you know, you can eat your way through Little Italy. You could you know do those types of tours get on the duck tours, get out on the water. You could do all kinds of things. What about in LA? What do you have that's weird and odd in LA? You can go down to the Queen Mary and Long Beach even from LA and you could experience, you know, kind of that whole experience of being on a boat or you could go to- We were there uh, for New Year's Eve. It was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, well, great. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things to do in LA from the very traditional you know, going to Madame Trousseau's, or you can go um, down to Madame Dungeons. Madame Dungeons, <laughs> thank you. So, how does the interface work on your site? Does someone uh, write a couple sentences saying, "I'm looking for this or for that," or are, do you, are they you put in your your location and then they're presented with a bunch of things and and you kind of pick them off a menu? Yeah. So you you'll go to the site and. You'll pick um, your budget range and right. the, your interests, and then we will calculate your zip code of where you're located, uh -huh. and we will offer you destinations then at that point to choose from. So it's really kind of just a drop-down menu that you go through, uh -huh. and you answer a few questions, and then you're presented with lots of options, and then from there you can continue to, can continue to filter down through that. I think the, the budgeting feature of that is really important because, you know, anyone that wants to spend 50 grand on a weekend, the sky's the limit. You can have yes. a great time. But if you're mm -hmm. on a, a tight budget and you don't want to, you know, mortgage your house, we'll see. which some women, you know what, let's be honest, Allison. In my experience, let me qualify this before I pop off. In mm -hmm. my experience, Valentine's <laughs> Day is like crack for most women. I'm lucky because I'm married to a woman that doesn't give a shit about, uh, about Valentine's Day. That's one of the reasons I married you, baby. <laughs> that and that you have no mustache yet. Yes. But a lot of people, I don't think, realize, A, it's a made-up holiday, and B, it's not, you know, it's not the be-all and end-all. Right. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons you can break the mold with with uh, Wanderwee because you can look for the non-traditional things. You, mm -hmm. could, you could head out to Palm Springs for a really fun weekend where most people wouldn't think to go for Valentine's weekend. But with the music scene and the spas and the restaurants out there, you can have a really great time. Hey, have you ever so, been to the uh, Riviera Hotel in Palm Springs? I have not. It's like one of those old 40s. The little one, not the big Riviera. The little one. I it's think like, it's called Riviera it was something. It was something, something else. It was probably built in the 40s or 50s, really, you know, a, a bungalow style with a pool. And they've totally re reworked it to kind of bring it back to its glory back in the day. And it's really a hip little inexpensive, cool Palm Springs hotel. Um, and that sounds like that's the kind of places that you're talking about. We're not it where what you're bringing to the party is clever insight, not the sledgehammer of cash. Exactly. We want to help you find something unique that you wouldn't have found going to a traditional travel site. Um, are you married or single? You personally? I'm married. What are you doing for Valentine's Day? I'm going down to Laguna Beach 
spending the weekend at a hotel, probably having some great food and uh, and probably trying to find some music down there. Did you wander we that or did you make that up yourself? Ooh, you're turning it into a verb. I love it. <laughs> it's like Tivo. You, did you Tivo it? Did you wander we it? <laughs> of course, you wander we it. That's exactly correct. I you, We use wander we here. Everyone here at the company is so passionate about travel and we're on the site all the time and we really love using this product and trying to make it better. So, you know, if you're not using it all the time, then you don't, you know, figure out how to make it better. And that's what we want to do. Well, I think it's a great idea, especially for people that don't travel constantly. You know, it, you know, if you're just a couple and you don't have, you have kids, you don't have the time or the money or the um, energy to get away often. It's a good way to kind of uh, do something special without the needed expertise to do something special. Well, exactly. for, for me, it's more about the timing. I want to make sure that I find something to do for this weekend and I don't have to... Uh, I don't have to wait. I don't have to pay, you know, a thousand dollars for the. I don't have to go on the internet and find the three different sites to find out what's cheaper and what is there to do. I don't want to do the research. If you guys have the research there and I can get it done in one website, you know, that's that's something I'm going to keep in mind. That's something that I'm well, going to keep. And I would also imagine that the earlier you book stuff, the less expensive <laughs> it's going to be. Obviously, someone that's trying to pull together a Valentine's Day thing now is going to pay more than if they had booked it three months ago. Do you think that's accurate, Allison? Well, they certainly will have maybe a smaller selection because hotels book up quickly closer to the big holidays. Mm -hmm. So um, so try to book early. But we still have a lot of great last-minute opportunities for people to book great hotels, great activities. So, um, you know, you can use this as a last-minute booking getaway site as well, definitely. Well, it sounds really spectacular. Um if you're not a travel expert or an insider, you can pretend you are, and you can uh, you can surprise and delight your mate with Wanderwe. Or call Don Navarro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do a house show with Dan. We should tell Dan Navarro about About Wanderwee. this place, yeah. I know. We got something for you. We can uh, get you a guy that can do a private house concert. Dan oh, Navarro from Lowen and Navarro. He's fantastic. He's the guy that uh, wrote We Belong for Pat Benatar. I mean, you've heard his music all over the place. Wow. Oh, I know. And now he's doing house shows. That's something you should feature on the site. I would book him through your site. He's fantastic. Yes. There you go. I can't believe he's doing house shows. All our guests come together into one beautiful symmetry on every episode we do. <laughs> we don't really plan it that way, but yeah. if we twist it enough, it works. And also, we highly do recommend the uh, Desert Riviera Hotel. The Desert Riviera. Desert Riviera. It. Tiny little hotel, and they even have tricycles. Because I don't know how to ride a bike, so I need to find a place that has a tricycle. Can you believe that, Allison? A grown woman doesn't know how to ride a bicycle. Tricycles are just as fun. And, more importantly will not try and learn. I don't want to break my face in the cement. Thank you. You ride by, you go on the grass, you practice, you fall a couple times. In an hour, you know how to ride a bike. No. Yes. Take me to Palm Springs. I'll ride the tricycle at the Desert Riviera. Oh my, and we'll put like one of those special kid helmets on you. Oh. As long as it's pink. <laughs> sounds like fun. Well, Allison, <laughs> it sounds like a, a great resource for travelers, whether you're a seasoned traveler or uh, a newbie traveler, someone that wants to do something special. Um, wander... Wonderwe.com. But yes. not French we, right? Just W-E? Yes. Like you and I, we. Yes. We. Well, there you have it. That wraps up another stellar episode of A Fork on the Road. Speaking of stellar, next week we have the woman. She's an MIT physicist who is at the forefront of hunting 
for planets with life that ultimately we as human beings will be able to travel to. Uh, Dr. Sarah Seeger from MIT, she's going to be on the show next week talking about the search for planets and space travel, Whew. which I think is the ultimate travel. It is. Right? Wouldn't you go? I would. I would. I space w- traveling? Yes, I would. If I had like a million dollars, I would I would drop half of it on that even, flight across. Yeah, just to get go up in, in the just to get into and the off the off the Earth or to go to the Moon or something like that. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, she'll be on the show next week. But we had a great lineup this week. Sir Kenneth Branagh. We had Allison from Wanderwe, and of course our buddy Dan Navarro, the musician. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you missed it, or well, you wouldn't miss this one because you just <laughs> heard it. But if you missed some of our older shows, you can check us out as always at um, a fork on the roadshow.com. Where you can also get deals from GoDaddy and FairBuzz. Travel tours. Travel tours, right. Customized travel tours that fit in the palm of your hand. Well, there you have it. That wraps up the show. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Until then, I'm Mark DeCarlo. And I'm Yenny Alvarez DeCarlo. And we'll see you. On a fork on the road. Something in your eyes, something in your smile Says we'd be magic together Open up your door Baby, it's cold outside We can build a bridge, we can build a fire And I feel a change in the weather It's just about to blow Baby, it's cold outside I see a light coming from your eyes And I feel like at home Sitting on the outside, east of Eden Temptation smoldering with a velvet fire And there's paradise in your body and mind Something in the air, something in the night Says we'd be wild together Let me show you how Baby, it's cold outside We can tuck it in, we can kick it out Let's don't discuss it forever Right here, right now Baby, it's cold outside well, No resistance, no regrets If we feed the habit Don't make me wait until the 12th of never, no, no We've only got one chance to prove that it's right this time It's a leap of faith You just gotta take Can tuck it in, 
it out Let's don't discuss it forever Right here, right now Baby, it's cold outside And you're warm Baby, it's cold outside So warm Well, baby, it's cold outside Yeah, even in Southern California, baby I swear that it's cold outside Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah talking with some friends outside. I love this job. At my age and in this economy, I am on this limb. There is no turning back. Can you imagine me applying for a junior executive position someplace? Hi. Here's my resume. I'd hire you. Oh, that's 
You don't have a job either. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, you know, if I worked and I was in a position to hire someone, I'd hire you. The thing is, when I made the decision to become a musician, I gave up. I was on a real fast track on a, on a whole different career. I was um, in the training program to be a guard at a women's prison. 